Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia in Columbia, Maryland, where we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. In our conversations here, we share stories of our journeys and explore ideas that challenge us in order to nurture the interdependent web of which we are all a part. We are rooted in faith, reaching for community. In this episode, we'll be talking with Reverend Louise Green, who filled in as minister while Reverend Page was on vacation this past summer. We'll chat about Louise's love of dance and movement and how it overlaps in her ministerial work and world. So Louise, thanks for being with me today. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks for asking me. How have you been since we last saw you at UUCC this summer? Well, in certain ways, it's been um, similar work, new congregation, because I moved over to All Souls in D.C. in August, and I've been doing um, half time there. Also working with people on spiritual direction, one-to-one work, and then I'm doing movement chaplaincy with Faith Matters Mm. Network. So I've ended up in a really interesting mix coming out of- Movement chaplaincy? Yes. What is that? Movement chaplaincy is a field that's been emerging in the last, let's say, three to five years. It's how do we support folks who are heavily in social justice work or in the pandemic who are healthcare providers or faith leaders, people who are trying to navigate in movements and what are the tools they need for support. Certain organizations like Faith Matters Network have created new resources and programs and hired community care chaplains. I'm one of those chaplains. So We meet with people from all over the country via Zoom, and the appointments are free to them so that they can get um, resource backup, coaching, peer support, chaplain direction as they navigate. And so Faith Matters Network pays us, and it's a free resource for people who need it. Nice. So you're doing a bunch of stuff. You're juggling a lot of balls. I am. I've ended up with um, four streams, I guess, four streams of work, which is Is that your preference to have kind of multiple things going on? A little of both. I think each time I'm employed for some years in one place, there comes a time when I move to multiple streams. But I do fundamentally like having different ways of operating in the world and different kinds of work and workplaces. So... Mostly, I just feel really lucky, Sarah, really lucky. I mean, if you have that these days and your health, you're you're pretty darn lucky. Yeah, that's how I feel. Okay. Can you share a little bit about your history with dance? Since I'm guessing that many people in the UUCC community don't know about this aspect of you. Yeah, sure. They might, from one worship service that I did with Valerie, where I talked about a dance background, but Dance was really my great love and one of my primary passions from age five to 30. I'm old enough now. That was like the first half of my life, practically, or is the first half. And I really started taking ballet lessons when I was little as an activity and fell in love with dance over time. 
I danced a lot in high school with a, a professional company. And then I also was with a professional company while I was in college. And then I danced full-time in professional companies for seven years before I went to divinity school. So I was all in. I mean, I thought, yeah. I thought this is my, this is my life. This is my future. And it's just a huge part of who, who I am even to today, but it used to be a lot more central. Did you elect to get into dance when you were five or was it? No. Suggested to you by. <laughs> no, I, I was, I, I don't know. I was in a family. I think this is a waspy thing, Sarah. I'm not sure. <laughs> but there, there was this idea in my white Anglo-Saxon Protestant family that little girls should take mm. ballet and piano. Mm. I don't, I don't know where exactly this came from. And nobody in my family had done that. But my sisters, I have two sisters. We all took ballet and piano. And it was one of those build discipline kind of things, I think, too. So like piano, I was required to take for four years. And I hated it. I love music. I hated taking piano lessons. Dance, I just never wanted to stop. I took more and more. So while I think I love music, and that's certainly part of dance, I wanted it to be expressive through my body. And I was a ballet dancer when I was youngest and through about the age of 14, 15. And then you really have to decide at that time, if you want a career in ballet, it's almost like deciding at that age that you're going to try to be an Olympic athlete. You, you have to right. up your game. And I went to San Francisco ballet school wow. from, from El Paso, Texas for a summer to see if I wanted to do that and discovered that I absolutely positively did not. So I switched to modern dance and jazz, essentially. I changed forms because around age 15, it was starting to feel more and more restrictive to be in the ballet world. And I found in San Francisco, because of where I was and the time it was. So let's see, this was early 70s. And they sent the young ballerinas to live in a secure environment, air quotes. And it was a convent in Haight-Ashbury in the early 70s. Oh my gosh. <laughs> where we had a curfew, but all during the day we were taking buses and we were on our own, right? So. A curfew of what time? Um, if you, you remember. Know, I, this is probably more detailed than anybody cares about. Um, I feel like we had to be in around seven or eight. I was 13 or 14. Right. Actually, 15 is too old. I was not that old. And I did not come to San Francisco to eat wheat thins. I mean, we, we <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend Linda and I, we would take the bus down to Ghirardelli Square and eat hot right. veg Sundays. I right. mean, it was just, right. or we would go out to Golden Gate Park. One time there was actually a Hare Krishna festival and there was this giant swirl of people from all over the world with a big giant buffet and it was the music it was the dance it was the food it was the chanting I was like what is this so for me it was really this explosion you know in, into a bigger world and suddenly being at the ballet bar or a studio all day long was looking confined but people do it you know right. and, and they become amazing ballet dancers, but that was not my destiny. <laughs> Do you have a favorite memory from dance? 
Um, see, I have about 27 swirling through my head right now. I, you know, I'd say one of my, one of the ones I loved the most was um, when we did a dance residency up on the California coast, up in Mendocino area. And we did um, a set of performances and then a set of discussions with people from Mendocino County who were, it, it came to the library system. And so people were engaging in this case with very abstract Merce Cunningham style, modern dance. And, and just talking about what they experienced and what it was like and what they saw and to me, those performances that were very interactive like that were fun. I, I love just being up there and the adrenaline rush of it all and doing your piece. When you're uh, in the zone, it's very similar to athletics. You've put a lot of background into it, and then it just all morphs into one flow when you perform, and it's very exhilarating. I mean in terms of neurochemistry and everything else, then when it's over, it is really very interesting to hear from people what they experienced and how they found it. And even when people say, I don't know what the heck that was, then that is intriguing. So I found that I liked the conversation and the meaning making and we're presenting art. It's like a painting. I show you a painting. There's no one truth to the meaning of it but it's a dialogue and that may be a sign that I was going to end up eventually in divinity school I don't know (laughs) yeah it's the embodiment of art like you are the art you are the art and I like talking dialoguing about that I was not a choreographer I did choreography I got some work doing I don't know choreographing musical theater one of the most fun things I did was choreograph guys and dolls at a theater, you know, community theater in Santa Cruz mountains in California. If I had been a creator of art, I might've felt different, but I was a technician. I was like the violin. Right. And, and so I didn't have a lot of say except when I worked with choreographers for whom collaborative movement was important. But overall, it was the artistic vision of someone else. And it expresses through you. But I think at the end of the day, that was very, very satisfying for about six, seven years, full on as an adult. And then that seemed like enough. Right. Do you experience any connection between movement and spirituality? Because like, art is spiritual, right? But what's the connection for you there? Of course, I'm about to go, well, how do you see it, Sarah? (laughs) (laughs) How do you see it? Do you think they're connected? I think embodiment is definitely part of it, right? Because spirituality is an embodiment, a way of being in the world. And I think dance is, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure it's different for each person. I, I think embodiment is part of it. I think the bigger part for me is probably flow itself, a sense of flow at a metaphoric level, a symbolic level. How do you respond to living? How do you respond with creativity? How do you keep a fluidity and put elements together that are surprising? How do you respond when circumstances shift? There's a great... um, 
Agnes DeMille quote about this, which I won't be able to quote off the top of my head. Agnes DeMille is a famous choreographer of the 20th century. And she said something about artists learn to keep seeing creatively at, at the root, like as an approach to life. It feels like a way of being. Nice. How do you keep the discipline and art alive in your life today? Is dance a part of your life today? And in what way do you feel connected to it still? Hmm. Those are good questions. I, I think one aspect of it applies to dance and movement. Do you hear my dog barking? Hang on one sec. That was the dog walker coming back with Gordy. <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> well, you know, I, th- I would say, I believe there are kind of two aspects to this. There's creativity itself and art, which is a constant inspiration in my life in a variety of modes. And I love dance and theater and music and museums and visual arts. And and so I I think that's just the world I was raised in. So I appreciate it a lot. So that's one thing. I think that just gives juice to living. I, I can't imagine being without it. And I seek it online a lot now, even though we can't go in person, which is a sorrow, I must say. <laughs> uh, it's an absolute sorrow. I pretty much every day at this point, I picture myself being at an art museum, mm, right? Mm. I've been going online. I can't do, I can't live without it. I have discovered that I have to find sources of creativity and arts inspiration. Then the other part of the question really is about my mode of art, which I think became twofold dance and movement and writing. Mm. So writing's the primary one I use in my public life now, but in my private life or in my spiritual life, I'm very anchored in movement daily. And it's about a while ago, I guess it would be 1988, which was the year that I started divinity school. I stopped dancing suddenly and was full on in grad school. And I had a spiritual director who was kind of a counselor that was helping me with some of the, when you go first semester into divinity school, it is like your world exploded. Like everything I knew was so different. And he said, let me get this. Like in August, you were teaching dance. You were dancing every day. You were always dancing. Now you're here. Now you're reading all the time. Now you're like, and now you're not moving at all. And mm-hmm. I was like, that, yes. And he goes, that is a terrible idea. Why, <laughs> why did you think that you would do that? I said, I don't know. Maybe I'm in, sh- maybe I'm in shock. And he goes, I maybe I haven't processed so it said, yet. Move, move, move. <laughs> I know, I know. And he's the one who said, oh, wow. Like get thee to a dance class. And why don't you try yoga? Mm-hmm. It's kind of this merger about spirituality and movement. And I knew really nothing about it. So in 88, 1988, I started yoga. So this many years later, it's really a primary practice. So that's something that I do usually a minimum of four times a week, I'd say. So I'm always moving. If I don't move, I'm really challenged mood wise. Mm -hmm. I think my spouse could tell you I become a much crankier person. (laughs) I feel caged. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's really in me. I have to do it. 
it's like part of my soul, I guess. Thank you so much for chatting with me and telling us all about your, your dance background and how it connects to the rest of your way of being in this world. It's fun to get the opportunity to reflect on it. Thanks for letting me yeah. ruminate today with you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Take care.